0: Hello you can. That's what you get for being biscuits with Hey ah! <laughs> Episode I don't fucking know. You look it up. Of dumb white guy. Don't know what I'm gonna call this yet, this series. Probably Dumbest Whitest Guy. So fuck it. Let's go for it. Oh, listen to support a podcast. Go to Patreon.com slash Brendan Burns if you want. But uh it's probably not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> That is the worst line read I've done in the five years of doing this. Is it five years? I don't know. Anyway, gang, I'm good. How are you? I'm probably going to have to do this in a, in, in a couple of parts. I've made a point of just jotting some things down and just getting the dates right and the, the pictures and the videos and all of that stuff of my Arizona slash Nevada slash... Utah, slash, Navajo Reservation, slash, Grand Canyon, slash, trip. If this is your first episode, I know that a lot of people are just starting to tune in now. Don't, just don't, won't make any fucking sense whatsoever. I'm almost tempted to put up the very first episode for this little ride to make any kind of fucking sense. Anyway, I've often said... That it takes a thousand things to drive you crazy, and it takes a thousand things to bring you back. I've been pondering long and hard over this, over the past couple of weeks, how to approach it with any kind of clarity, cl- clarity, Cunty? clarity, fucking Freud, big cock, coming on my face. What? I, uh, you know, I, I kind of, like, I don't want to be uh, too gun which uh, we've certainly experienced we do on this show. I want to be very, very careful not to improve upon or just reduce things to a story or even try too hard to make this an ending with a neat little bow. But more on that. Let's put a pin in that for now. Well, I mean, it's no small secret that in 2006... Uh, I checked into rehab in uh, the UK after doing a shit ton of mushrooms, a shit ton of cocaine, a lot of drinking, a lot of chemicals. And uh, I'd actually done more acid. I think it was maybe in 2005 at some point. I I dropped three dots dots of microdots. I know they call it microdosing here now and that might confuse people. But microdots... Back in the uh, late 90s and early to mid 90s, as they call it, uh, microdots were actually condensed acid. So it was like 10. Da- it was like 10 doses of paper tab acid in like a little, uh, like in a little plastic container. It was like a little uh, plasticine-y, gummy kind of blob. So you know how like acid is actually just like uh, LSD is just liquid like dropped onto different sheets of perforated paper. Well, this was the gum or the resin that would make that liquid. So you can imagine how, anyway, I dropped three of them on an empty stomach and only now looking back, I realise it fucked my mind up for a long time. More than I'd like to admit. So yeah, I still want to make this kind of, you know, this might seem quite harrowing at points, uh, but I'm actually, uh, Better than I've been in years today. Really, really, really quite well. Uh, if it sounds like I'm pausing or reserved quite a bit, it's just that uh, I'm at our lovely flat in Los Feliz in Los Angeles. But the bedroom, because of the noise, it's really hot today. And I'm in the wood soundproof room. And it's fucking baking. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to have to keep these to an hour per episode anyway. But uh, I did all of that stuff. I went and did the program and then after a couple of years, I figured I was better and just moved on and then kind of coasted for a good eight years, I think, without kind of any structure to my life all day. And I don't think I dealt with some of the things that I'd seen dating all the way back to 2005 and maybe what it had done to my brain chemistry. So, a lot of what you're going to hear is going to sound fucking crazy, and that's because it is, but please understand that sometimes to deal with a particular brand of crazy, you've got to lean into it, and I leant into it for a few days, and let's just say, if things hadn't played out the way that they had, I would be fucking insufferable right now. So over the course of the next episodes, bear with me as well where you're like, oh, he's not one of them, is he? No, but I was. Uh, oh God, he's not like that, is he? No, but I was. And I'm capable of being like that. And I'm just trying to... But long story short, without divulging too much, I am back in a 12-step program for a compulsion that uh, leads me to do very, very bad things to myself. Uh, it's an embarrassing one, It really is. I think I have more shame and uh, more issues around masculinity and what it is to be a man around this. But, you know, as the old adage says, if, if anyone out there identifies with this stuff, with this mental illness... And I know that a lot of you, you know, know a lot of the demographic of this show is, well... I've joked about it before, the mentally ill, uh, rape survivors, and wrestling fans. And yes, those three groups, there's a lot in common. The Venn diagram of those three groups, the middle is packed. You'd be amazed how mutually inclusive those three (laughs) uh, demographics are. And I think we can all agree that uh, I even sometimes drive myself crazy on this show. And uh, I'll be honest, this show has often cost way more to produce than it has ever made. And uh, I don't I don't regret it, but uh, I'm not proud of all of it. Some stuff I've even had to take down. But in turn, it's also kind of why I'm proud of it, because it's a bit warts on all. Maybe I will put them all up one day. But uh, for now, I think it's like, uh, definitely I'm learning that some stuff needs to be just... Just for me, my family, my friends or whatever, you know, because, you know, because drugs and alcohol, whatever, you know, I I don't, I am 12, no, 10 years sober, I think. I don't even think about it. Uh, I don't even look at that stuff. But my thing now, as they often say, is uh, when you remove the drugs and alcohol, you find out what's really going on for you. And then, when you remove that, you find out who the fuck you really are. And maybe some of this was... Some of all of the... A lot of all of this was definitely that. Definitely that. But, yeah. I give away more than I have, just in every sense. Which also leads me to sometimes disrespect what others have too. And uh, I take jobs I shouldn't. And I've shared things on here that I shouldn't have. In fact, if if it weren't for Producer Toby, sometimes... I think a lot more damage could have been done to a million people I really care about, and uh, so I'll tell you what happened over the coming weeks, and uh, let's just deal with the the some of the craziness of the past couple of weeks because, I, like I said, I had to lean into it, and a lot of this is going to sound crazy because it is, and a lot of it's going to sound like I made it up. Everything I'm about to tell you is still one hundred percent true. Uh, it's just what happened. I need to be honest with you. And my, and, uh, and myself because what happened it's it with what's happened because it's what actually happened and I can't just reduce this to a story. so for those of you that have joined us since the Stanhope swap cast you might have experienced firsthand a great deal of that mushroom flashback crazy. I guess we can begin there. what what was really going on. Uh, Any of you that have heard that episode and some friends even tuned in and said I was pretty manic at the time. It is true. I was really, really uh, struggling because uh, Stand Up and I talked about taking DMT and a lot of people when they take DMT or they take like several, you know, microdots of acid and it does fuck up your brain chemistry. And I did go into the fact that there's a dint in the back of my head and sometimes invention moves into re- memory. And I think I even talked about the hell that you can experience and seeing a demon. A lot of people say they experience uh, seeing, you know, they're happy with the world the way it is and they're happy with themselves the way they are. You know, they will often, you know, it's they'll, they'll often have the shared experience of going on a ufo and seeing aliens and then they just flush a bunch of info into your mind's eye and i know that, that you know that's a manifestation of the mind and our minds are that powerful and also the fact that many people have reported this can in turn make it self-perpetuating i didn't experience that i saw satan twice and uh, you know i've I'll have joked about it i think even in uh spray painting fuck off and a dead wombat Uh, available now on Amazon Prime Uh, or you can go to my website net, and buy that there if you don't just subscribe to the show buy shit anyway and I'm not going to go into too much about what that experience is because sometimes as well when you say or divulge that you are in a 12 step program for something uh, people will often I don't know Over-identify or use it, you know? Like, oh, man, fucking, I think our higher power's working, bringing you and and I are destined to work together, all that fate stuff. Now, this is a problem for me because uh, I don't want to be too pragmatic, but I don't want to be too airy-fairy. I can lean into one or the other way too far and always take it to extremes. And I will say this. This is one of the things that I've struggled with. It's no small secret what they do, that you pick a higher power and you hand shit over to it, you know, or God of your understanding. But the problem is, folks, giving someone who's done as many hallucinogens as me, I only know this now, by the way, that is uh, giving someone that's done as many hallucinogens as me, the power to define what the fuck God is, is a terrible idea, a terrible idea. That's just more me trying to run shit. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> and it hasn't. but I found myself an alternative and you can probably tell, uh, it seems to be working. But I think at the time, I think on the the swap cast we talked about the whole uh, when I did the micro dots, I thought life was on a loop. And I was in a stage of life that I was not happy with my choices. I was not happy with the person I was being. I was living a lot of lies. And the idea that this whole thing's a practical joke played on us all. I didn't like the joke so much, but also that it was going to happen all over again. And that you were going to make every mistake and be in the pain that you were in over and over and over for eternity. And there's nothing you could do about it. Because you knew you would care that much. And I think I talked about remembering being a baby and being fed that information and then forgetting as your brain developed. every time I took hallucinogenic drugs. So that wasn't nice. But the seeing the demon, Satan, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I know it's a human manifa- manifestation, but later on, after those microdots, for some bizarre reason, I wanted to keep on taking hallucinogens to see if I could beat them. <laughs> what? Yeah, because it's like I kept on having bad trips. Seeing, walking, talking, living nightmares. So for a year, I thought, well, I've got to keep doing it until I get the giggles again. Nut job. And, you know, I would always maybe get the giggles, but then it would creep in like, oh, not good, not good, not good. And it must have been, actually, that wasn't in 2005 when I did that. That must have been in and. Three or two. Okay, it's going to be hard for me to remember the chronology of that because I was doing a lot of acid. All right. But another thing that happened when I saw Satan twice, and like I said, I'm not going to bother mentioning what it looks like, but I did meet someone the other day that described it verbatim. And it's not the cartoon fucking hooded thing or whatever, and it's not what it looks like. It's what happens that fucks you up. And uh, yeah, I saw someone and she described it word for word what I saw. And uh, again, I'm not going to explain what, because sometimes people use recovery to get in with, you know, not that I'm paranoid or anything, but you know, people will often try and get in with you or tell you what they think you want to hear. But also, it'd be nice to see if the, that UFO thing that everyone, you know, goes and sees angels when they do DMT, uh, that's been reported, but this hasn't the flip side, the nasty side, I don't think I've seen it anywhere. But I did meet someone that I was like, yep, that's what that looks like. And uh, we have a societal comedy image of that evil incarnate or whatever you want to call it, or the 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 you know the manifestation of self-hate and loathing in your mind or whatever. It's not so much what you see, it's what happens. And it's fucking terrifying. I know why I got things confused up here is because it – I talked about it in my 2005 album. Uh, it's something which is quite possibly my worst album as well. It was a bad recording and I was out of practice and we lost the good gig master. And all we had left was one night when I had the flu and I just sounded shit out. But there is one thing I talk about in that and it's that something otherworldly, I was looking into the eyes of my then fiancé. We're at a mate's house and everything stopped. And I saw the demon and basically... It was just a shit ton of, it was a, like a it was, a, it was predictions, premonitions, ESP plugged into my brain a shit ton of info and none of it was nice. And it was, uh, you know, and by the way, it's got nothing to do with this poor woman. This poor woman, you know, then had to put up with me believing that after then. But it was, she turned into Satan and it just went, I will use and betray you like no one ever has before and you can't stop any of this. Because you care that much. And then, blam, it stopped. And I just stopped and look, just stood up and looked at everyone in the room. And the whole room just stopped of just all these friends at a party. And they all just went, What's wrong, Brendan? And apparently, I'd been out for like 30 minutes, uh, just huddled in the corner, balled up in the fetal position on my mate Phil Nichols' lap. But to me, five seconds had passed. And that fucked me up for a long time. And I was not living in reality. And I think more than a small part of me, sometimes a very large part of me, or a very like that part of me, has been running the show. And I don't just mean this show, I mean, has been running my life. And I think since Bisbee and the Mushroom Acid flashback, for whatever reason, And it happened the way it happened. And there were some weird coincidences. One which was massive. Like a 15 million to one coincidence. That's that's someone else's deal though. So I won't divulge that without checking with them first. But let's just say someone very close to me in this process was in the exact same place only weeks earlier. And they're not in my industry. And I had no idea. So, in terms of that looking for meaning and everything, looking for coincidences all the time, that that very mushroomy fucking altered reality part of my brain had plenty to cling on to. Plenty. Oh, I could anchor in that. Fuck yeah. But I also found out pretty fucking quickly, like I said, if it hadn't gone if it hadn't gone down the way it had I'd be fucking insufferable right now. Oh, my God. Oh, I'd be... Ah! ah, Boo! Thank fuck it played out the way it did, folks. (laughs) So when I say that in Bisbee I was having an acid flashback, that wasn't a pleasant place. That wasn't fun. Um I think I may have said before that usually when I've had mushroom flashbacks, it's been during very pleasant point, uh, points in my life. The, uh, the colours get brighter. Um, you know, it was on my wedding day that happened. Earth starts to breathe, all that sort of thing. But Bisbee, eh, not so much. There was a bit more hellish stuff going on. And maybe that's why I wanted control. I wanted to get a control of this. I haven't experienced anything like it in years and yet I actually wound up with I don't know if it's the chemicals in my own mind or whatever tripping my fucking balls off at the top of a vista in the Grand Canyon that's where we end up anyway no it's not actually where we end up let's get into that later that might be another episode so as you can probably tell an acid, acidy, mushroomy flashback for me isn't always that fucking pleasant. I was trying very, very hard to keep my shit together out there at Doug's house and even at the gig. And I, to be honest, I don't know how he copes out there with anything that maddening, utterly fucking maddening. The whole place is like a mushroom flashback. I think it's, it's mine, it apparently happens to a lot of people as well. You go through the tunnel and it's like you've gone through a time warp because. The town itself, I think, hasn't changed that much. There's a lot of buildings still there. It used to be a stop, I think a railway stop, between, and don't take my word on this, I'm not sure, uh, Los Angeles and Texas. And a lot of it hasn't changed. And so it's fucking bizarre because, like, Arizona. Arizona's fucking bizarre. So bizarre. It's not America. None of it. Maybe Phoenix is Americana, but... But, but literally, parts of northern Arizona are uh, Native American reservations. Now, some people say Indian. Some people say Native American. You can even go online and watch videos of Navajo and Mehu people. Mehu, different uh, people on those reservations arguing over what they prefer to be called. All right. So no reference is politically correct. None of them are. But that's not America. They have their own prime minister. They have their own police force. And it's fucking trippy as fuck. But that's for later. Right now, we're down in southern Arizona, in Bisbee. And it's like, the. you've probably heard about this. The state like itself is kind of annoying to the rest of America in that they've got daylight saving when other states are actually on the same time zone as them. They still have to deal with the hour change across the state line, even though they're on the same line as someone else, if you know what I mean. So even if you travel from north to south, it's still a time change just because Arizona likes to go, fuck you. And so it's this conservative fucking weirdo stronghold. Uh, It is actually the place where a lot of uh, Mexican uh, illegal immigrants do cross over into Arizona because it's just too hard to cover the, the whole area. So around the southern border, there's a lot of border patrol. They'll stop you as well. He even asked me to, if I had my passport. I went, "No, what? I'm not carrying my fucking passport." About <laughs> didn't realize he was a cop. You go, and then you come out in the middle of all of this, and there's this town that looks even older than the state's attitude. But it's this, I want to say, artistic community, which is probably what they call themselves. But it's more carny, way more carny. Everything's weirdly coloured. There's like, it's, parts of it look like the uh, neutral zone in Crete. Is it between the Turkish and the Greek sides? I think. If you don't know, there's a neutral zone that's a, that's a, the UN military have separated the Turkish and the Greek side. And there's a bit in the middle that no one's allowed in. And uh, they had to clear everyone out. I think it was in the 70s. So it's bizarre that when you go into that neutral zone, I've been out there to do you know uh, military gigs, that it looks like a place where an apocalypse has hit in 1974 and that nothing has moved, nothing has changed. And if you ever wanted to shoot anything set in the uh, 70s, that would be a great place to do it because it's not like everything's even necessarily all that. So imagine that, but not dusty. <laughs> I do remember my opening line at the gig was uh this guy this place seems like trapped in a time trap you guys don't have slaves do you but the thing is because I was still you know as you heard having like such a fucking panic attack and a mushroom not even mushroom a fucking microdot acid flashback I said it in such a panicked way And I forgot that Arizona is such a right-wing stronghold and they have such pride in how liberal they are there, you know, and being all arty-farty and that, that they thought I was serious. Like, no, no. Not only do we not, we do not approve. (laughs) I wouldn't even allow it. I would tut. And I was like, that was a joke. It was my first joke. Listen, I'm having a mushroom flashback. And then everyone calmed the fuck down and it was a lovely gig as we've reported back since. Imagine all of this, and I'm like, oh fuck, walls are caving in, <gasps> everything's red. Uh, this isn't the good mushroom flashback, this is the bad one. And the first, like, in this country town in the middle of fucking nowhere surrounded by a desert, there's like a magic circle shop. There's almost nothing practical there. <laughs> it's like, here's wicker I've made out of my own shit. And so the first, you know, and, and my GPS couldn't find the gig, I'm running late. Because uh, it's not, you know, the GPS isn't topographical and it couldn't find the road, the address for the life of it because, you know, when stuff's really, really hilly or mountainy, um, one road can appear to the GPS is right next to the other because really from space it is, even though it's one's, you know, a good 50 to 100 metres higher. So driving around round in circles, lost as fuck, the first thing I come across is this... Uh, it's sweltering hot as well. And a bloke that's in this all-black outfit and skinny jeans, like, looking kind of Alice Cooper-y, but also with, like, a slash from Guns N' Roses top hat. And he's standing at the front of a magic circle shop and, like, with all that arcane mystical... Not arcane. What's the word? Occultish. It's like... A, there's a lot of occultish symbols around... And you know, a little bit goat's heady. y, a little bit, uh, druidy, And uh, I'm already like, oh, this isn't a good one. Oh, fuck, what's that guy going to say? Oh, and I just like thought, oh, fuck it, it says Magic Circle. He's a magician, he's a carny, calm down. And I said, yeah, mate, uh, do you know where it is, and I, I said the name of the venue, and he's like, sure, Brendan, it's just down there. Have a good gig because it's a small town and they've probably seen the poster. And he's like, have a good gig. But I'm like, at the time, obviously going like, oh, the demon knows my name. Fuck. Oh, this isn't good. Oh. As we know, I pull up, I dump my stuff. Then I go back to the house and Chaley is like talking me down while I'm trying to wash. Everyone's trying to rush me on the stage. And I'm like, you don't want me on stage right now. I, I need to wash and slow down and deal with, uh, the fact that uh, that mountain over there is moving and pulling a face. <laughs> As we know, Charlie talks me down, I do the gig, and uh, all is uh, well and good, but I'm just being honest with people that I am struggling mentally. And the thing is, apparently a lot of people experience this. Like, this wasn't a, oh, this guy's fucking crazy Like, uh, I was talking to this woman called Nyla from Australia, uh, from Brisbane, and she was like, oh, yeah, Arizona will do that. (laughs) Just everyone. No one was like, oh, this guy's fucking nuts. He was like, oh, it's his first time here. Yeah, it's a bit trippy. (laughs) So it's not like, which doesn't help, by the way, (laughs) from my perspective. I'm like, oh, good. So then it's real. (laughs) I've got witnesses. Fucking great. You know, nothing will help with a delusion than a shared delusion. But anyway, I'm just trying to have a quiet moment after the gig and I'm talking to Nyla and her bloke, fuck, what's his name again? I can't remember. And she mentioned she's Aussie and I just whispered to her and I went, I'm tripping my balls off. Like, I don't know why I haven't experienced anything like this. Like, oh yeah, Brisbane will do that. But then, when I whispered, and this only ever happens when you're on mushrooms or acid. Just weird shit seems to fucking happen. I hadn't taken any. I swear. I hadn't taken a thing. I said, I'm tripping my balls off. And from across the street, there's a juggler bloke. Again, like part of that Magic Circle carny bunch. And there's a bunch of them, like at the front of every Wild West bar. And I mean, it may as well have a ding, 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 ding on a piano playing. But with carny goth-looking motherfuckers. Anyway, there's a fire-eating juggler across the road and there's no fucking way he could have heard me whisper, I'm tripping my fucking balls off. But then, have you seen the movie Ghost? And you know the bit where Patrick Swayze is on the subway and that weird other ghost spots him and he just thinks he's riding the subway following the bloke that murdered him and just all of a sudden the really weird, I think he's, he's bald, wonky face, Looks a bit like the guy from the hills has eyes, but he's also got, like, hair on either side. And he just stops, spots, turns and looks at him and makes a beeline for him and goes, Get off my carriage! Get off my carriage! And he starts pushing him and shit. And he's the one that teaches him how to fucking move stuff. Right? But you know that, like, spooky, like, he's sitting there comfortably, no one can see him, and the guy, like, almost like the Undertaker from the WWE like sits upright, turns his head left robotically and makes a beeline for him. So this fucking Richard O'Brien dressed in black, fucking riffraff from Rocky Horror Picture Show looking motherfucker, he's, but he's bald, no none of, none of the wispy hair, but he's got like black eyeliner and he's a flame juggler slash sword swallower bloke. He does that. He fucking turns his head to me like The Undertaker. He's across the road. And he makes a fucking beeline for me with his flaming fucking juggler flames. And he just starts juggling at me. Fire. Staring me dead in the eye. Like a, oh, you know, I'm a spinning you out, man. I'm a spinning you out. And he's staring me dead in the eyes. And I'm already fucking not having a good time with this. But I just sat there watching this guy while he's trying to freak me out because somehow... He fucking overheard that I'm tripping or whatever, or it's just a coincidence or whatever, by whatever fucking freak reason this occurred, that whatever drove this bloke to fucking stop, stare at me, like to the extent where this this is why I can't even fuck with fucking weed, any psychoactives. Because the last time I relapsed was in 2009, I want to say, and I think I was in Switzerland or Finland and i was out with barry and barry went home and uh i'm drinking in this pub and this guy gives me some weed and it's the first time i've smoked weed in forever we started smoking pot it was really strong and bearing in mind i hadn't smoked any weed in god knows how long and there's a different strain out by now you know and we're kind of laughing and joking and giggling and i made a joke and it's an italian bloke or something his girlfriend and he goes you're a funny guy and I don't know why, but I took that to mean, hey, funny won't get you everywhere. Funny won't get you everything. You know, what are you like as a dad? What do you like as a husband? What are you like as a person? What are you doing with your life? Right. You know, that's what I hear. But obviously it's just something like, you're a funny guy. But as I'm having those thoughts, the whole, f- I swear that this is just like, it didn't happen, but this is how I fucking perceived it. It's okay. I saw it with my own eyes. I experienced it. The whole pub fucking stopped. The music stopped and everyone was looking at me. The entire pub. And it was buzzing before then. And I started to obviously have that fucking micro dot flashback thing where life's on a loop. And it's like, this is what we're going to do. Every time you take psychoactive drugs, we're going to vaguely re- remind you of being that baby that knows that all of our lives are on a loop and you're going to fuck up the same way every time. So, it's that. The whole pub stops and injects that thought into me, even though it's from me. And so, I then, to this poor fucking Italian bloke and his fucking missus who's just smoking pot with me in a Swiss pub, I just go, Ah, so this is how it's going to end, right? And he's like, What? Sorry? And I went, I know what you're up to. And are you going to mock me every time I take psychoactive drugs with this shit? And obviously, the guy's only speaking pidgin English as well. He's like, what the fuck? And I went, this is the bit where I get up and walk out and change. And in fairness, I did get up, walk out, and didn't do any... And I haven't, I don't think I've touched drugs or drink ever since. But that guy, what the fuck must he think? <laughs> I completely forgotten about that. Uh, so anyway, while this guy's going... Hey, am I spinning you out? You know, the threat of that imagination becoming a memory is looming over me. But while this guy is continuing looking like Richard O'Brien, being all fucking, ooh, am I spinning you out? So it's someone trying to do that while I'm sober, as opposed to me making up someone doing that while I'm high. And I'm thinking, well, I've seen Satan twice and I survived that. Oh, the second time was in rehab. And it was actually when I looked in the mirror. And again, it wasn't pleasant. And that's when I got sectioned. Uh, And uh, like my fucking, my my hair fell out and my beard went gray. I woke up like I had to be sedated. And when I came to, I had a gray beard. And before that, my beard was brown. (laughs) It was fucking horrifying. Horrifying. It is staggering what the human mind can do to itself if you fuck with it enough. So you can imagine, while the threat of that is looming, I'm just looking at a bloke trying to spin me out. Well, he's juggling, but like, oh, look how Satan-y I am. So I'm sitting there watching this guy and I'm like, all right, I've seen Satan twice and you ain't it because, you know, this isn't it. I survived that and it was without a doubt a year-long nightmare afterwards and it's something that I think only now have I faced up to that that happened and that it fucked me up Um, and that sometimes I let it run things. So only now am I feeling like that. Only now am I probably able to even put this into words, I hope, in a decent chronological way, if a little bit scattergun. But hey, that's me. So he's there going, ooh, doing his spinny juggling, fucking looking me dead in the eye, and I'm just watching him, and I just stare back, and all I'm thinking is, this is just happening, and this ain't as freaky as things get. This ain't shit. This is just a bloke, coincidentally, or whatever, acting like that scene in Ghost, walking over, looking to spin me out. I'm just going to watch you and see what you... I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just going to be a fucking voyeur, a fucking... Just a, a barely present witness, even if this shit is a delusion. I'm just going to bear witness. And I'm just looking at him doing it, and he's still pulling the... Ooh, ooh, huh? I'm I fucking spinning you out, man. You know, he's not saying any of it, but he's pulling the face that says that. And he's juggling fire. And I just watch him. And he fucking drops them. <laughs> he dropped his flame juggle fucking things, whatever you call them. And he went from Richard O'Brien, Crystal Maze, Rocky Horror, look at me, aren't I weird, to Moby now. Moby now. Just a little bald bloke. And he scurried, as he scurried around the ground, trying to pick him up desperately and just embarrassed. And he fucking, he was embarrassed. It's just, oh, fuck. And he's trying to put them out at the same time and clutch at him and then his fucking hands are catching fire. And I just watch him do that. I didn't even laugh at the time. It's only when I told other people that they fucking cracked up. And then he just fucked off. <laughs> he just scurried away like a frightened little man. Like, oh, <laughs> and then... Oh, and then, like, like keystone cops, knees in the air. Whoa, oh, I've been busted. Oh, fuck. Fucking funny. I So I rode that out, so I've got a little bit of calm from that, but I'm still kind of a bit spun out and uh, start talking to Nyla a bit more about Arizona and the trippiness of Bisbee. And that's right. When she goes, I'm Australian, I went, oh, fuck, you'll appreciate this. I got stung by a fucking stonefish in February. And then she divulges to me, that there's a guy she knows who's a Navajo shaman. I know. I know. Don't worry. I know. He's a Navajo shaman who, I can't remember whether she said he'd done studies or rituals, but every single person that survives that he's encountered, and this, you know, this is junk science, by the way. Let's, Let's be clear. This is junk science. None of this fly by the seat of your pants. Oh, is this a higher power moment? Magical thinking stuff. This is all magical thinking stuff, right? This is why sometimes a 12-step recovery program can be a problem when you've done a lot of hallucinogens because you can use it to stay that way. Because let's face it, if you choose to, those steps can lead to a lot of magical thinking. But the people that do that don't really last. And the people that actually do get really, really well And become very functioning, high functioning, and happy, healthy people, and some real clean time, and actually utilize it. Because once you get rid of the drink and the drugs as well, it's always something else. Always. And uh, I've likened it to, I mean, I think it was last February, not this February, that I even decided to do something about this. And you can hear where I was. It was obvious, like that New York trip. The cunt fucker proxy. That's me running around in circles trying to control things do th- you know, and do shit my way. So this, I suppose, could be what we would maybe call pretend recovery. I think once you get sober and some clean time and because quite often as well, you will hear of people going to rehab and celebrities talking too fucking soon about what they're doing. And they're a poster boy for sobriety. You know, and that shit. And I've been guilty of that. And then they relapse. They always do. And then that doesn't help. Because then people, that's all they see. And they go, oh, it doesn't work. And it's like, no, the better it works. And if you're really willing to fucking dig deep and address some heavy shit, it it does... The best examples you'll never hear of. That's my point. You will never hear of. You'll only hear of fucking famous people banging on about it after being sober for two months. And I'm not going to bang on about it. I just... I do need to divulge that for any of this to make sense because it's how it got me where I ended up and it's also how what got me back. Because like I said at the top of this uh, episode... A thousand things drive you crazy, and a thousand things bring you back. We've all seen me be a little bit crazy, so I had to go full-blown. So when Nyla told me about a Navajo shaman in northern Arizona, and she'd said that everyone that he specializes in people, or is a Navajo elder, not shaman. Fuck. Oh, I think that might be racist. I'm not sure. But you know what? Fucking there's different tribes. And believe you me, we'll get... More into this later. Whatever you choose to think you can correct about what I say, ask another fucking tribe and they'll tell you something different. So the indigenous people, let's go with that. But they said that there's uh, this guy in northern Arizona on the the reservations that he specializes in people that have survived deadly bites and that apparently every single person he has encountered, they change career that it changes them physiologically, and they decide to do something else for a while. And I'm not making any decisions yet. <sighs> I headed off to northern Arizona. But first, I need to make a pit stop. I needed to make a pit stop and to check out if something was real or not in Nevada. But that seems as good a time as any to uh, say I will see you next week. Uh, yeah, all the usual stuff. This is a listener, supporter podcast, and... I am also going to make a point in the coming weeks, Toby and I are working on brand new albums. I'm afraid the summer sale is uh, no longer on for my entire back catalogue. I will be selling things individually uh, from now on. So when this goes out, if you go to brendanburns.net, there will be specials, there will be albums. I will. We will also be working together on getting the artwork on these things done properly, and if those of you that want hard copies, there'll be a full-blown shop. Because I realise as well, I'm sitting on a back catalogue of like fucking 14, 15 albums worth of uh, material. And you can also, if you are in the States, you can do me a massive, massive favour. Anytime you go to the Brennan Burns channel on Spotify or Pandora, or if you request my stuff to be played on Sirius XM, I get a nice little earner. It's alright, isn't it? Write a review on iTunes, spread the word. All that sort of good stuff, but I, I know uh, it's been a bit crazy. It's a bit more. There's a lot more to come, but uh, I feel better than I have in fucking years, folks. Better than I have in years. And if you do struggle with this stuff, there are places you can go, and I strongly recommend getting help. Just get help. Don't try and do this shit on your own. You know, if you find yourself compulsively doing things, anything. You know, look, addiction's a weird one. You know. And a lot of people have a lot of things to say about it, but it's just, you know what? Addiction's just anything that you do that you don't want to do and you can't stop doing it. Believe me, it's not just drugs. It's not just alcohol. And sure enough, you can hear people talking about anything but sometimes. And you just go, you know, there's other, there's other programs. Anyway, I'm certainly no fucking shining light for it. But, oh, I will say one last thing as well is uh, those of you, I mean, I listened back to last week's, edit and it was such a great edit from toby as well i loved it and sometimes our theme song to this show seems so apt it makes me get a little fucking weepy i won't lie and not in a bad way either, a good way uh and many of you often ask me who's the um song the singer songwriter and it's actually my nephew's first band Uh, His name is Andy Burns. He is now a solo uh, singer-songwriter, and he is touring across the U.S. US. His name is Andy Burns. You can check out his stuff on Bandcamp. And I am also nagging him to get off his ass and get a fucking website together because he had a gig in New York yesterday that I wanted to plug, and I couldn't. And he gave me a Facebook post. And he's like, that's what most musos do. And I'm like, well, most musos are bums. Sorry, Andy. Pull your finger out. But uh, I'm hoping over the next couple of episodes as well, Andy is really, like, he's a proper touring, you know, brilliant musician who just happens to be my nephew. And how bizarre is it that I just used to like the tune and the melody and yet really, look, I know some of the lyrics, they were teenagers when they wrote it, you know, reality denial, I will never be on trial, always makes me cringe a bit, sure. But the rest of it, pretty fucking fitting. It really is. Sometimes it defines, well, you know what? Over the past five years, it has defined this show better than I have even understood it myself. But uh, good on you, gang. It's a major, yeah.